This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. It's kind of a big deal, episode 20, isn't it? Huge deal. 20 episodes. I don't know if it's like a huge deal. I would say it's a huge deal, though. We're thankful. Started from the bottom, now we're at 20. Now we're at episode 20. (laughs) It's not so bad. This is uh, one of the first of our morning episodes as well. It's a morning epi. As you can tell by our voice, we uh, didn't even stay up last night. It was Monday. We're just getting old, man. I don't know about the old thing, but... The like morning thing, it's different. Mornings suck. Well, it, they're good though. They're good, but they still suck. I don't know. I'm more mostly an evening person. I was having a good sleep. You were? Yeah, I was having a really good sleep. Then my alarm went off, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get up." I don't know what to Wait, tell you about that. Here we are. But here we are, episode twenty, the morning edition. <laughs> the morning edition. The morning line. <laughs> the morning line with Ted and Wacy, created by Slade Long. So what's what's up this morning, Teddy? This morning, what's happening? I guess today is like August 28th already. Damn near in September. It's winter. Winter has arrived in Canada, for anyone that doesn't know. It snowed. I'm going to probably be wearing my long johns this weekend. It literally snowed in Canmore. And that's only like an hour from us. Yeah, at most. It is a little mountainous there, but still. They're going to be hitting the slopes here probably in like I read something. It's a month. They open at like the start of November, November 7th. That's insane. So that's literally, what is that? Two months from Two months now. away, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But uh, last couple of weeks been pretty good, eh? Like, Hot couple of weeks. Yeah, where have you been? What have you been doing? What, what have I been doing? Went to Country Thunder. Yeah. Went to church on Sunday. That was nice. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah that's hipsterish. Country Thunder? No. Gone. I went to church on Sunday. No, you went that's to not hip- church. That's not hipster. Sunday. It's that's been pretty, like a thing since like he's been to- pretty, started touring, man. That's pretty hip. No. It's, it's pretty, pretty pretty mainstream. It's pretty, yeah. Congrats. You're just jealous you weren't there. It's fucking awesome. Um, and then... I, know, I had a pretty good time. And then, what doing. else did I do? Last weekend, didn't do much. I worked at the Okotoks Rodeo with my day job. How was that? Let's talk about that. What I did? Like what we did? At Okotoks. So what we do, because we have a bunch of new products out for the summer. Oh, yeah. How so was the rodeo, though? Didn't watch any of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you hear any of it? No. Oh, okay. Cool. I literally like was there, <laughs> and then we. I think I left when the saddle bronc riding started. I didn't want to stay and watch. So Really? Yeah. That's how sick a rodeo waste is by this time of year. Yeah, I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't Doesn't feel like to hang stay. out at the Okotoks Rodeo. I was there from like three o'clock till seven thirty-eight, so I just didn't. That's want long to, enough. Didn't want to be there anymore. It's different when it becomes work a little bit. Hey, yeah, we poured a lot of Palm Bay. So you were bartending? Yeah, it's just like giving out samples of like our new products oh, and yeah. stuff that they were available. So that's like the best way to get people to try your new things is to like yep. give out the samples, and then they're more likely to buy it. Liquid Tulips. That's the way to do it. Marketing by Bud Wright. Marketing one hundred and one from Labatt's. Is that in the like Labatt's handbook? Do you get like a? Oh no, it's just something I've learned while being out. The best way to get someone to try something new is to make them try it. Give it to them. Give for them free. For free. Give them to them free. Exactly. So yeah. there you go. Well, that's neat. It was pretty cool. It was fun. We got actually had a lot of traffic, which was nice. Okay. So it was a good crowd there then. Yeah, I think so. It was it compared to Friday because I guess it rained a bunch down there. It rained oh. and it was cold on Friday. It was pretty. It was like twenty some degrees. So there was a lot of people actually on Saturday. So oh, okay, cool. It was a pretty good day down there. Well, neato. Fun times. What about you, Teddy? Where you been? You've been all over the world. Oh, not really. You've been we Manitoba? Since the last episode, I guess when it came out, we were in Coronation. And then the next morning, I flew to Verdun, did the Verdun Rodeo. Manitoba. Great rodeo out that way, Best by the way. amateur rodeo, I think. One of the it's best going. well done. It's great rodeo. Really well done. They had uh, quick purse. Every night it got faster and, and working on some of Sweet that. Sweet prizes they do every year, too. Yeah, they had like, I think they won. Well, I think you went a buckle to win the first round. Yeah. And then you get a jacket to win the the short round kind of thing. Yeah, because like I, I think that you technically the short round is just like bonus doesn't count towards oh, okay. any standings or anything. Okay, yeah, yeah. it yeah. was cool though. I was uh, they did a, did a good job. The last perf was like just over two hours long, which nice. is 
quite impressive for a semi-professional rodeo. Yeah, it's awesome. I thought so. Love that one. Love yeah, it. Yeah, well done in Verdon, and then got to hang out with Scott Byrne and the family out there, Reagan and and uh, Braden and Dylan. That was good times, and Lonnie Brown and Thomas Hagen, all that crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna get them on the podcast sometime. The Verdon crew. The Verdon crew. Jesse Lawrence, who showed me, showed me some of his nitro coffee. How good is that? I've been wanting. I've been like really wanting to try that. He had yeah. some at the ball tournament in Kipling, and it was really good. He said we should start a start a uh, business in Calgary, hawking it the out Calgary here. Calgary firm. We could be the Calgary part of Nitro Coffee. We'll see. So after that, then the week you're after, you're gonna have to pitch us like Dragons Den. Yeah, we might have to do this. <laughs> you, me, and Preston. Yeah, just so gonna have to. For that reason, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then last week was the uh, Curtis Glen Cross charity rough stock event in red deer nice that's a sweet Western event Park. man oh it's really cool and those trucks oh yeah this year uh cole good on won the bareback round and he was 88 points two times like wow yeah it won both rounds it was he rode really well and the bronc riding was late and green nice and bull riding scott Schiffner. i think he said he's won it five of the eight of the seven times he's won five had. trucks well they've only had the trucks or they've had the trucks the last three or four years but he's won it like either four or five times out of that's seven. crazy which is pretty impressive. Yeah, he's a hot shot there. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy. He's the Glen Cross Invitational guy. Yeah, he's the guy. So, uh, yeah, Scott won that. And then Saturday, we had the Future Stars, Rising Stars Rodeo at the uh, Washington Park there. How was that? It was uh, it was well done, too, actually. We had, uh, I want to say there was about 120 entries or something during the day. So, so what was that about, though? Like, I had no idea about it. Qualification really. to the CFR Junior Rodeo in the afternoon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So, and I, I don't know a ton of all the details yet, yeah. either. I think part of it's still... They're working in the, on works, it, yeah. in the works on it, but yeah, went. Uh, I thought it went really well, and uh, it went you really went to well. The Corblen concert. Oh yeah, I went over there too, and then they had a press conference though for the CFR in Red Deer that same day, so we worked that a bit too. And then uh, there was a perf that night that was rough stock. There was like thirteen kids, and I gotta say actually too that I was very impressed with the stock they brought for the kids to get on. That's cool. Yeah, they had like eight bull riders, and I think five of them stayed on. Wow yeah that's perfect yeah so i i just want to send a note out to to the crew that brought the bulls they were uh i believe messins had the contract with pen gellies and and it was fabulous for those kids to be able to stay on i talked to donnie johansson about it right after mm-hmm. it was like a 40 minute perf like it was a quick perfect yeah. quick deal you know and the U- the yules had a trick riding uh event like a yeah, act there too. There's a Ben's Miller kids in it too. It was it was well done. But I was talking to Don Johansson about it after, and he said that's what you need for those kids. You need mm-hmm. to be able to stay on because if they ride for five or six seconds, they kind of get the feel for it a little bit. Oh, for sure. And man. get going a little ways, and then they know what it's going to be like, right? Where if you just buck them off in a few seconds, then what do you you know what do you learn? If you well, get you're going to build a lot more cowboys that way, like having yeah. them stay on guys that are going to want to keep going rather than being so disheartened that they can't stay on nothing. Yeah. So I was super impressed with that. Hats off to that crew. That's awesome. Good news. Uh, yeah. Then went down a Corb show on Saturday night in Drumheller at the Badlands Amphitheater. It was uh, how's that venue? It was really cool. I thought it could work, maybe work for a bull riding, but it'd be a little tight <laughs> logistically. Might be a little tricky. It'd be pretty cool though. But it would be neat. So just if they're listening, Drumheller, get at us. We could do that. But uh, that'll wrap up our first segment here this morning. We'll be back with a special guest after this. You're listening to Cowboy Shit, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Guest this week is from the Glencross Charity Rough Stock event, and it is Curtis Glencross. Curtis, uh, you're at your office there this morning, but uh, how would it go on the weekend? You know what? It was awesome. I think 
you know, everyone that came and, and uh, took in the performance. And, and I think a lot of the contestants were pretty happy with how it, uh, how it all it fell out. And at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, we're, I think we're going to be over the 200,000 K mark again this year for um, the seventh year. So it's, uh, it was definitely a success. And that, uh, that'll bring you to like a million and a half raise since you started the event seven years ago. Yeah. That'll put us just over 1.6 million. If that's the case, we're at 1.4 in six years now. So yeah, it's uh, definitely keeping or keeps on growing and growing as, as things go on. So as long as we can keep making money and supporting the great charities that we do support, we'll have to keep doing it, I guess. How did you guys ever come up with the idea to do it in the first place? And what what uh, what got it going? It was a conversation between uh, actually Jim Barry, myself, and Kyle Danes way back at when. I was doing a golf tournament in Calgary, and it just wasn't hitting home for me. And so I wanted to try something new. And, and uh, my wife and I had always volunteered and been a part of the Ronald McDonald House here in Calgary. So we wanted to, you know, we've seen the, you know, what that house does for so many different people and, and how, it's such a special place that it is. And we wanted to, Red Deer was, uh, you know, obviously just had a new one and was uh, in the process of, they were building it. And then obviously the expenses to uh, keep a place like that going is over $1.2 million a year, just running costs. So um, that was something where we wanted to, uh, see what we could do to help out with that and it's just turned into you know the golf tournament wasn't there like i said and we said talk started talking about why don't we do a rough stock event and i've seen how the calgary flames poker tournament goes and and uh you know how successful it was and uh so i just wanted to kind of swing something with that so we brainstormed it for another year and then we said let's try it so first year we didn't really know what to expect and uh we're fortunate enough that we raised i think $196,000 the first year we did it so um it's been going ever since that's impressive. That's uh, you're averaging over two hundred thousand dollars a year, and that and that goes to not only the Ronald McDonald House but also the Hockey Alberta Foundation. Is that correct? Yeah, it's the Hockey Alberta Every Kids Every Community program. So it's a uh, it's a it's tied in with the Glen Cross Legacy Fund, and it's a grant application across Alberta for you know some families that may need some assistance um, during the year for minor hockey dues, or if it's for equipment, or if it's for p- the pond hockey programs, or you know, it's just we want the opportunity that every kid that wants to play hockey should have the opportunity to play hockey, and um, that that was our goal at the end of the day to partner up with Hockey Alberta and and uh, you know have them two charities that we distribute our proceeds to. And what what have the results been like in the in the first seven years? Like the the money you guys are raising is life changing for a lot of these families. It is, you know, it's when you listen to the sponsor families, we do have come to our event and, and uh, you hear their stories and how thankful they are for having a place like they're on with on host that they, they can have their family right next door to the hospital while they are in the hospital. And, you know, that's, that's a huge part of a family getting through some tough times is having them having the, you know, being close and being it together as a family. And, um, you know, I couldn't imagine if one of my kids was sick and they, you couldn't be with them all the time. And, you had to be split up and one parent at home with kids and one parent in, um, in a hotel or whatever. And it's just, that drains on a family. At the end of the day, it's having a house like this helps bring a family together because there's families in there that are going through the same things you are. And, um, you know, it's another person to talk to and they have all the resources that you need there. And, you know, obviously with Hockey Alberta, every kids are every community, it's them. There's a lot of kids that don't have them, you know, for whatever reasons, don't have the means to get to a hockey rink to skate on a rink, to get a pair of skates, to go out there. And the whole thing about team sport and, you know, the hockey Alberta is people skills. It's not, it's not about whether this kid's going to make it to the NHL or anything like that. It's about them friendships and connections and life skills that you do learn through hockey. So, um, you know, that's our goal at the end of the day. That's the essence of sport really in any, any, uh, capacity, is it? 
Absolutely. That's, you know, I always, always said that's one of the best things you can have in a hockey coach is, is having someone that's straight up front with you, honest, and teaches you life skills. And um, at the end of the day, it's not about always winning and always, you know, um, I don't really know how to say it, but it's about just them individual life skills that you learn, being with people, then communication. Um, and that's, that's, that's the most important value you can take out of any sport. And uh, how did you, I want to know kind of how you got involved on the Western sports side of things with, with whether it be with Ray, Ray Crotto or with it or uh, Jim and Kyle, like how did you get to know those guys? Where did you meet them at the start? So it's funny. Uh, uh, my parents, you know, I've always had a horse and rode. My parents used to rodeo back in the day. And then when I came around, they, they couldn't afford to rodeo and, and raise a family. So they uh, had to, they always said they had to grow up and get to work a little bit. So um, they just couldn't chase their dream anymore and, uh, you know, their hobbies. So like I said, we always grew up, we've had animals and, and that kind of thing. And then we just, it was actually one year at the Calgary Stampede. I um, met Ray Corrado. It would have been 15 years ago now. And uh, at least 15 years ago. And I went there with one of his sponsors that I knew um, back in the day and um, got introduced to Ray. And that was kind of when it, when it all hit off with Ray, um, I went to the stampede. He had a good show at the stampede. I ended up staying a couple extra days and hanging out with him, helping him out a bit. And then the next weekend, they had their uh, next show was in drum the next weekend. And so he asked me if I'd come out to drum and hang out and help out. So we went out to drum. He won the show. So he's like, well, I, we won the show. You got to come to the next show. So the next show would have been Strathmore. So then I went to Strath, tagged along to Strathmore with him the next weekend, went back and trained for the week and, and then went to Strathmore and he won Strathmore show. And, uh, or he kind of just said that I was ended up starting to be his good luck charm a bit. So I, he's like, well, you got to come and hang out now on the weekends and that kind of thing. So it was a lot of years I went and helped them and for spring training and all that kind of stuff. And, and they're, you know, it's become one of my, one of my best friends, one of my real good friends. So it's, that's kind of where that grew and, and getting to know Jim. It's funny because when, uh, my dad's obviously in the cattle business and back in the day, I knew Jim's dad, Jim's dad used to come to our house and in provost and, you know, come for supper once in a while when he came to town and it's kind of amazing how years later that my dad knew knew Jim's dad pretty good and now that uh, you know we didn't really meet each other too much I, my dad had said I'd met Jim back in the day when I went out in the country with him and looking at cattle but never really remembered kind of thing and and then years later now that we're we're real good friends now and have crossed paths and and got reacquainted through Ray too because um, you know back then Jim was helping out Ray Corrado for a few years on the wagons too when he was cruising around and rodeoing too so that's how we met there i guess was jim did jim do some outriding at one point is that right i don't know if jim did any outriding or not he was uh he kind of was his, his wagon guy and went in the wagon with him and helped him out with you know the day-to-day stuff kind of thing i'm not 100 sure if he, if he actually outrode or not i'll have to ask jim I <coughs> i'm not remembering that part right i, I yeah. thought i heard that one time maybe i'm not remembering right though yeah, I'm not sure. That's a cool story, though, as far as Calgary goes, because you were playing for the Flames at the times that you would have been well, at the stadium. I was actually, I was actually signed in the minors. Um, that was oh. like one of my first, first few oh, years. Okay. And I was playing with. Was it oh, Cincinnati I, or I Portland? Just, I just, yeah, I just signed with with Anaheim um, that year, and I believe it was. Uh, I was either in Cincy or Portland, like you said, when I did meet him, and then um, that's kind of where we hit it off. And I hadn't, I hadn't made it you know, to the NHL yet, just to sign my first couple, first deal and, and, uh, was just, yeah, kind of having fun living the dream, thinking that I, um, you know, signed it my first deal and, and life was great. And then, you know, this is a whole nother aspect that I found and I, 
I've been involved ever since and it's been, it's been fun. And, you know, I've met a lot of great people because of the sport. Well, let's go back to your hockey career that way. And I was reading a bit more about that earlier. It said you actually, you played midget C at one point in Provost. And then you, cause you were like, it says you were less than five feet tall when you were 15 and then you grew a full foot and then ended up going to Brooks. Yeah. So, uh, funny story. Cause I, you know, I went and tried out for Pee you know, Pee double A and Wainwright, um, for t- one year and got cut. I went and tried out for Bantam double A the next year in Wainwright, I got cut. And from then I just, you know, I was still small, but I, you know, my second, my, the one year I was, uh, you know, we had a big pre-evaluation tournament kind of thing. And I was leading the whole tournament in points and I still got cut and I was kind of rattled because, but I was from out of town. I was 45 minutes out of Wainwright, obviously living in Provost at the time or 40 miles. And, and, so I was kind of, kind of screw it, and I'm gonna head home and play with play with all my buddies and have fun, and and uh, you know we go snowmobiling on the weekends and play hockey at night, and couldn't wait for the next kind of bush party to go to all the time, right? Like that's just <laughs> small town see hockey, yeah. right? It ended up I just kind of stood out in uh, in the obviously in the sea hockey division, and we were in the league game, it was a league finals or a zone zone game in Coronation, Alberta, and. Uh, uh, a guy by the name of Barry Brigley was there and Brooks had just started up and was uh, going to be an expansion team the next year. And uh, he came to me after a game there and asked if I'd be interested in trying out for the junior A team, this new junior A team in Brooks. And and uh, so uh, long story short, I ended up going to Brink Camp and they pretty much told me that why don't you come back for the for the fall camp. And I don't even know if, I can't remember if I just, they told me I was coming back next year at a spring camp or if I was in main camp and they threw me in with a billet right away and said, you're not going anywhere. So, um, you know, obviously it was two years, two years in Brooks and I had the opportunity to go to the West, like the CHL, my, my second year at um, PA had called me at one time and asked if I was interested in going to going that route. And I was already talking to some schools, some Div 1 schools in the States, and I decided that I would stay in stay in Brooks and and uh, finish out a couple of years there and then do the school route and ended up after two years in Brooks, two years going to school. And I had signed um, after my second season in Anchorage, Alaska with uh, with Anaheim. Well, and I was looking at that and you were in Anchorage for uh, for two years there. So school wise, I guess, did you have to cut school short once you got the pro contract? Yeah, when I signed my deal in, um, with Anaheim, it's I signed my deal and the next day I was on a flight. Oh wow! Um, and I went and played the playoffs that last year because they were they were just going into the playoffs or they had a couple uh, regular season games left and in their minor league team. So I went down to the minors and played with their team um, the rest of the playoffs and then and then obviously the next year was uh, the for for lockout. So then uh, I think I, I signed at the right time um, back in the old CBA kind of thing with the with what you could get kind of as a new contract and then. So I kind of lucked out there, but it was uh, it was a tough that first year because all the you know for me a young rookie coming in and we had probably probably a third of our team was guys that played in Anaheim the year before on the NHL team. So it was uh, it was a learning curve for me, and I didn't get to play a lot my first year, but it was uh, definitely um, maybe learned the game or I got a better opportunity to learn the game because you know learn from the guys that did play in the game play the year before in the NHL and then got sent down because of the lockout. It was, you know, it's, it's important that you, you take them steps right away and, and, uh, you know, learn from the, the guys that have been there. But like you were playing, uh, I think it was Ray or Jim this weekend. They were telling me that you were playing on the line with Perry and Getzlaff and then it kind of didn't work in Anaheim. And then you ended up going to Columbus there. Yeah. So I was, uh, so my first, 
my first, not to, not as soon as I signed, but the next year, um, the rookie camp before they locked out, I was, I was uh, in uh, the rookie tournament. I was on line at the Edsoff of Perry. That was my line um, for that year. And we ended up, we won the pre-evaluation tournament. And, and it's, you look back now and, uh, you know, obviously them two players, how it's amazing how you can play with two players like that and, and be rewarded. And um, I remember the first camp that I have with them, like I said, it's, uh, I think I led, I led it between the three of us. I had the most points out of all three of us in the tournament, but I just went to the net and them two were such unbelievable passers that I went to the net and I hit me in the, the ass. It hit me wherever I went in and I, <laughs> I ended up having more points than the two of them in that first pre-evaluation tournament. So it was, uh, it was, and then the next year, um, you know, that, that year was kind of tough because obviously the NHL guys were all down. And like I said, I didn't get a, little, a lot of playing time. And then the next year when they came into camp in Anaheim, they had signed Dustin Penner and he was a bigger body than I was. And they um, decided that they wanted to give him a shot with them two guys. And, and obviously he got the opportunity to go with, you know, on that line with them guys and, and made a great career out of it after that. And I kind of just plugged away a little bit and, and in the minors for that next year. And then felt like I wasn't getting a shot. And uh, my after playing two years in the minors, I asked for a trade and ended up that was year that was year and I won the cup. But uh, you know I had to had to change. They told me that I was, if someone got hurt, it'd be up right away kind of thing, and they're going to need some depth going down for the cup run. But I was you know I wasn't willing to wait for that opportunity and see if I actually got a shot or if I was just going to you know they're just telling you what you want to hear kind of thing. So I'd ask for for uh, for a trade to um, start new and try somewhere else and. And uh, I think I can't look back and, and say that I made the wrong decision because it's it's turned out well ever since then. Oh, yeah. Well, and I'm looking here, too, and you played for four different teams there in 06, 07 between Portland, Anaheim, Syracuse, and then Columbus. So did you finish mm-hmm. the year with Columbus or was it Syracuse? No, I, I finished the... Uh... I think I can't remember if we went to the playoffs or whatever. I was kind of bounced up and down the last part of the year. Obviously, they just wanted to get to know me and, and I had a really good second half of the year in the minors in Portland too when I was down. But I I think I made quite a few trips I'm on the airplane back and forth in them days there. So it was I was kind of bouncing all over the place there. But then the next year, obviously coming into Columbus, I was a uh, they resigned me for resigned me and obviously I if they sent me down, I was someone was able to pick me up because I was an RFA and and uh or ufa so i was um i had to clear waivers in order to go down to the minors and i ended up sticking it out columbus and that's where it all started so did you get traded to edmonton too i don't know the details on that yeah i got traded to so at the trade deadline um that next year i uh got traded to edmonton right at the deadline and ended up coming in and playing with because funny because um I had ray Corrado and all them were down for christmas that year and they all make a trip down and then I actually came back because it was a break and there was a fundraiser truck wagon slash Bonneville hockey game that I came back for and they're joking around at the trade deadline because my contract was up at the end of the year that it'd be funny if to get traded to Edmonton and and at the deadline kind of thing and came up here because Edmonton was in the dumps and they were they were almost technical like when I got traded to Edmonton they're almost technically technically at the playoffs mathematically and uh, we went on a run at the end of the year and it's one of the funnest runs that I probably ever been a part of. It was, we only lost a few games and we ended up coming back and only missed the playoffs by I think four or five points. And it was, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the run that's, you know, set me up for, for the rest of my, or my next contract was that, uh, you know, last 25 games or whatever it was that I did play in Edmonton. Yeah. It says 26 here. You memory's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know there's only about that many games left after the trade deadline. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then the next year you went, uh, how did it work to get to Calgary? 
So I was uh, I was an unrestricted free agent at the end of that season. So Edmonton traded um, Nick Tarnstrom for myself um, as a salary dump kind of thing because they would need to free up some cap space. And then when come July first, that we uh, I talked to Edmonton as soon as the season was over and asked them if they're interested. Or my agent had talked to him and see if they're interested in signing. So they said, yeah, we'd like to do something, um, but this is all the money we got right now. Um, they had plans that they, Marion Hosa was a free agent that year, and there was talks that they wanted to try to get Hosa. And, and uh, there was a couple other um, signings that they were looking to get, and there was a few guys on the team that they had to re- re-sign as well. So we told them to let us know if they wanted to chat more, and they never really heard anything. They kind of made us a, a low-ball offer right off the hop, and we said we weren't playing for that. And and then uh, came to July 1st, and my agent had called Edmonton and asked them if they were uh, wanting to make an offer kind of thing. And they ended up saying that they were waiting. Like I said, they were waiting for Hosa and, and them to um, get back on free agency on, or on July 1st. And so I ended up, Daryl Sutter had called me that morning. Free agency usually starts around 10 o'clock, and we had a call from, from Daryl at 10.30, my agent, and with a negotiation of a three-year deal in Calgary. So I ended up signing my contract in later on that afternoon in the Pinocchio Stampede Rodeo office because we were there for Pinocchio Stampede. So yeah, and we ended up signing a three then a four-year deal with Calgary. I think it must have been Ray again. He said that uh, that you did you signed that deal from Pinocchio. Like you just said, you were in the like rodeo office at the Stampede in Pinocchio hanging out with Ray, working the WPCA tour with him. And that's where you signed your, like you signed that three-year contract. Yeah, he, uh, I remember... We were talking about it a couple of weeks back and he had mentioned that so we were there and I told him, I was like, Hey, I have to go sign this contract. And he was, we were, I think we, um, we actually had some horses that morning and, and, uh, hooked a couple outfits in the morning and he had a tough run the night before. So he wasn't real impressed kind of thing. And, and I was like, I need a, you need a witness to sign your contract. And so I was bugging him and it was just, getting ready to you know lunchtime kind of thing and i said okay you got to come with me to the rodeo office like i need you i have to sign this and get it back and he was kind of like okay fine that's like he was you know i ended up coming with me but it took me some a while to get him to go over there because i said it's there waiting for me and i have to go only i'm so long to sign up my agents called me i have to go do it he was busy doing other things and doing his schedule so yeah it's funny kind of how it all turned out Probably one of the biggest contracts ever signed in that rodeo office, I would think. <laughs> Possibly. Easily the biggest, yeah. <laughs> so then playing in Calgary for seven seasons, I guess, right? Yeah, just under seven, obviously, the trade deadline. So yeah, six and three quarter seasons. Yeah. And you started your you started the Rough Stock event during that time as well. Yeah, that's so... I guess 2011 or 12 would have been. 2012 was the first year that you, I was a Ross Talk event. So I, I signed in Calgary, and I think it was a wait on nine, um, if that sounds right. Yeah. Ish in there. Um, but yeah, we started the Ross Talk event in, in 2012. But it was just you know me being around and having chats with, like I said, Jim and Kyle and, and figuring out what we wanted to do for a charity event and finding the right causes that we wanted to support and, and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. we got to talk about the Flames and, and their... Uh, involvement with the event because they're a huge supporter of it they are the you know the calgary flames and the calgary flames foundation have been title sponsors from day one and uh you know that says a lot for the organization and and you know i'm out of the game now and and, uh you know obviously part of the alumni but they still uh take care of their players and and um they're you know they're a class act organization and you know we're pretty fortunate that's you know that's the reason why i stayed in calgary um you know i thought about moving 
other oh, back to red deer back to provost or stuff like that when i was done but you know the amount of stuff that we do with our um, flames alumni here and and this city itself it's um it's given a lot to me and uh you know i i like to do a lot of charity events because you know the game of hockey and the calgary flames have given me a great opportunity in my career and in my life and and set me up for for the rest of my life kind of thing with the people and connections that i have made and uh, that's part of me hanging out here and and helping out with them whatever you know whatever ways i can too as well and the other major title sponsor who actually just announced they're back for the next two years is atb financial john winwick terry andreo all that crew yeah it's uh it's you know it started it started i think atb's with us for four years now they've been with us and obviously like i said announced told us at the rustock events that they'd come on board for another two years and you know it started with terry terry himself and and uh the egg side and has drawn over and and now the egg side and the financial and the hockey side of ETB has all kind of joined forces together to help each other out in each division so they're not taking obviously a lot of their their budget out of one one department they kind of spread it out over the three departments and four departments or whatever they do have and and you know I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of a lot of things with ATB with Terry and John over the years and and you know they've been a great supporter since the day one I believe that they came out as a title sponsor like I said after my second or third year but they were always involved as a as a a sponsor of some sort since day one so it's uh means a lot to have um, great sponsors like that and who who else do you want to mention while we're while we're on that topic you know it's we've we're so fortunate we've had such great sponsors um obviously we've uh been giving trucks away for the last um four years to the winners of each event mostly um, just Schiffner. yeah exactly yeah i think he's won three or four of them but you know it's there's it's I don't know. The list goes on. We've had, we've had, like I said, a lot of our same people from day one. Um, there's companies in Red Deer, um, like Flow Pro, HPC Coatings, which is Dave Appleby. He's one of my, he's one of my, um, my committee members. That's been been there since day one. But you know, I I just can't go and mention one name because I, you know, I'll forget someone that's, um, you know, has, has been a sponsor from day one. But it's. You know, Mountain View Dodge obviously has kind of been a big sponsor of ours the last few years, but, you know, Wrangler's given us um, sponsor, you know, a sponsorship every year from day one, given all the contestants shirts and vests over the years and that kind of thing. So it's, you know, I've had a great relationship with them guys, but it's, like I said, it's, there's too many. There's, you know, I got to thank them all because we you know we can't do it without the sponsors you know our name obviously goes behind the event but we can't do an event without great sponsors that, that do come out and support the event and spend the money and and uh, you know sure we we go a little bit and put the work in but it's you know without them there's no event possible without them good sponsors oh absolutely i, I want to go back to hockey though and talk <coughs> about uh that little uh what well, says 18 18 games in the regular season and 10 games in the playoffs with washington you uh, remember i remember we talked at some point or maybe it was Ray again too, but the the travel on the in the out east is a lot easier than playing out west. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different league out there. It seems like um, they say that uh, you're in your bed twenty five to thirty days a night more um, your own bed in when you're playing in east and the west. It's just your travel is your you know you can take the train into um, you can take the train from Washington all the way into New York. You know that happens once in a while, or you can and it's just quick flights. You're an hour flight here and there. So a lot of times, you know, um, some of the short games like Philly and them, um, Washington to Philly, or it's it's just a quick train ride, and it's it's you don't have to worry about airports, you don't have to worry about the security as much. You just jump on and go. Yeah, you're you're home so much more. It's unbelievable. And like I said, your flights are only an hour, hour and fifteen minutes rather than 
you know, besides Edmonton and Vancouver playing in Calgary, which are, you know, just over an hour, under an hour to Edmonton, just over an hour to Vancouver, you know, you're two, two and a half hours to Winnipeg. And then you're from there, your next closest one, you'd be, you know, places like Minneapolis and uh, like Minnesota and then because you're, and then you're up to three hours, um, Chicago, three and a half. So it's definitely quite a, quite a change in shuffle and the travel between the East and West. You mentioned Chicago uh, on the weekend and you said that that was one of the only places that uh, like that the atmosphere was just incredible in that, in that barn. Yeah. I think I'd mentioned to you that it was one of the things where, you know, your first few NHL games, you're, you know, you get nervous and yeah, you kind of have goosebumps and you, you get that, you know, that jittery feeling. And I was mentioning to you the only time that I, only time in my career besides in first couple games or, you know, first time playing at home um, in front of friends and family and things like that is, you know, when we were playing in Chicago in the playoffs, I started game, I, I believe it was game three that we started down in Chicago. And when you go into the Madhouse during the national anthem, they, everyone's on their feet and they're, they start cheering. And I had the hair standing on my neck and like goosebumps, my just jitters. Um, and that was more, probably one of the coolest feelings I've ever felt going into a hockey game was in Chicago. So that's always been one of my most memorable moments that I, you know, it's at that moment where like, wow, this is pretty cool. I bet it's, yeah. it's cool watching, let alone, I couldn't imagine being that, that position. I've been pretty dang neat. Yeah. Wacy's got a question for you about, uh, another small town in Alberta. It's probably another big moment in your career. The, the Hannah hockey tournament, Teddy and I play for the big Valley team and we've just been discussing leading into this interview, how can we recruit you to come play for us? We're in, we're needing some depth scoring and like oh, we yeah. got a pretty lucrative contract on the table for you. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I've got asked quite a few times to go play rec and, you know, I, I finally, Davey Shield, the junior has been asking me for the last, ever since I retired to come to come out to Hannah and play in the Cowboy tournament out there. And I finally went last year for the first time and had a blast out there, but I just find it hard to hard to play racket. Um, it's different. I I think the thing I miss about the game the most is the dressing room, hanging out with the guys, and and having that team atmosphere. And obviously with the racket, get that. But if I could, you know, I said I'd be the the best rec hockey um, player and teammate if I could just come before the game and sit and hang out with the guys, and then sit on the bench and hang out and have a couple of beer in the dressing room after kind of thing. But if I didn't have to put my skates on and go out there and play, it'd be awesome. Maybe coach um, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah so uh it's something where you know i probably only skate eight to ten times a year now and it's mainly just charity games and that kind of thing and i just you know i've been about like seven by playing the oil and gas league here in calgary and and a couple of the other leagues and it's just i just not at the stage right now and i just you know my family's young and i'm so busy during the summer doing different events like that i just find it hard to justify to go and play once or twice a week playing rec hockey when you know I got three young kids and will be four young kids at home. So it's uh it's just not the time right now. Eventually maybe, but just not right now. Oh fair enough. I, I mean, guess he's turning you down. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's, that's, it's, let me down easy, which is nice. I, yeah, I just, like we're we're on the we're on the hump of winning this tournament. Like that because the, the team <laughs> that you guys lost to in the final last year, like we almost beat them. Like we was almost uh, well, us. We're on the we're like going to be a breakthrough team like we're the golden knights of the hannah hockey tournament <laughs> well we'll have to see one day maybe we'll make a guest appearance someday. <laughs> um we probably better let you uh get back to work here curtis we just gotta finish with uh your definition of cowboy shit my definition of cowboy shit what are you looking for <laughs> no. you know what it's uh 
I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, Teddy, obviously, obviously I check out your website all the time and, and love what you guys do. And, and uh, you know, I've been pretty fortunate enough to uh, meet a lot of Cowboys over the years. And, and, you know, me being a hockey player, an outsider, and, and you know, not being an active um, rodeo contestant, that kind of thing. It's Eventually, it's on my bucket list. Obviously, i am got my horses and, and love doing some roping and picking around and that kind of stuff. But just the timing's off for me right now. But eventually, I'd like to get back in it. But, you know, it just goes to say for the for the you know for the cowboys in the rodeo world how such a small world it is and and uh, you know there's a lot of genuine people out there and i've got to know a lot of people and have a lot of friends that i've met um, you know through the sport so um i just want to thank you guys for you know having me on and and taking the time to you know help promote promote my event and teddy i know you do a lot to help us out with the production side and that kind of thing and and uh you know we couldn't do it with without all of our you know all the all the people I have met over the years, and and uh, you know that's a big part of how we're you know you know we still have all the contestants that come out, and it's I know it's hard for guys in their travels or they're going a long way. Like Leighton Green was had to catch a flight the next morning to go out and get on the short go down south again, and you know it's some guys make the time to come up, and you know if they're only up here for a quick one night trip, um, it means a lot that them guys come up and support my event. So. Um, I just want to thank everyone for, um, you know, being a support of it and, and, uh, well, thank you guys for having me on. Oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for supporting our side of things too, Curtis. Like we super appreciate it. Like that's, I got to like, I'm super glad to be a part of your event and glad to be there and, and, uh, you know, play the music that side of way, that side of things. But like, I want to say that it, I'm trying to find the words here, but like having your, your profile, like you're, you played in the NHL for 10, 12 seasons and you know, we're a major player with Calgary, like you bring another level of notoriety to our sport too. And you're bringing a bunch of new fans to our sport too, which I think is, you know, going to help rodeo get to one of the next levels too. So we appreciate what you do as well. Well, thanks guys. We'll keep doing it as long as we can. And like I said, it's all about them connections and, and meeting good people and hanging with good people. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what it's all about. You're listening to Cowboy Shit brought to you by Everything Cowboy. We're back. We're back. Thanks to Curtis Glencross taking some time out of his day. Appreciate you being on the show. That was a that was a cool interview. Another That's uh, sweet. Another hockey guy on the show too. Hockey guy involved in the Western sports. Just a cool event though. If you haven't been to the Glencross Invitational, I didn't, reala- I didn't realize how much money that they yeah. raise. That's an unreal amount of money. That's great. Over one point six million dollars. That's amazing. Now. That's so cool. That's impressive. Very impressive. So we appreciate Curtis being involved in Western sports and in the rodeo business in Alberta. And cool to see a guy like that still involved after his after his hockey career too, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see that story about Joe Murphy the other day? I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. You got to watch that; it's wild. Yeah, I had I I've heard people like I've seen people sharing it and stuff. Yeah. I just haven't had a chance to haven't taken the time to watch it. Check it out today. You can thank me later. It's it's cr- it's day. wild though. I watch it tonight. Yeah, okay. for sure, man. when you get a chance. So what else? What do we got to do now? We don't do the team Canada report yet. That's no, later. we just got to reflect a little more sucks that Reflect. Curtis doesn't want to play for the Big Valley Cowboys. Yeah, but you never offered him anything. He just said, we want you to play. Yeah, but you can't just like throw it at him. You're like, hey, we got this sweet deal. And he's like, oh, what are we talking? And I'm like, yeah. unlimited pierogies. <laughs> he never asked. He just said he didn't want to do he it. He just missed out. <laughs> missed out on unlimited pierogies and winning. What else did you have? You had a pretty good list. You never, you didn't get uh, into it because he just let you down pretty easy yeah, there. I, had, I can't remember what it was, but it was a, it was a pretty sweet contract. Unlimited pierogies. Stay on the ice the whole time. Yeah, everybody passed you the puck. Yeah. It's just, a, what more do you want as a hockey player? Do, what, what about everybody that slashes so heavy at that tournament? Like I don't, th- I think everybody's work. so scared of him, they won't slash him. They won't? They just know better? I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd be scared. He's a big man. I don't want to die. He's a big I man. I don't want to die today, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> not today. <laughs> 
But how about the other guy? That other guy that played there uh, was just like kind of granny. Mean. Yeah, like he was kind of mean there. They're hardcore. That team's hardcore. They this were, is the year, though. You heard it here first. Episode twenty, cowboy shit. The Big Valley Cowboys are beating whatever team it is from Hannah that always beats us because it's time. Yeah, we might lose some teeth or something. Might no. get pretty aggressive. They might be rattled, but we're gonna win that game. That's true. Wace is gonna stand on his head. He's gonna not let any not any, let any goals in. Any goals in? Because that's the only way we're gonna win. <laughs> that's the only way. <laughs> Wace is gonna not let any goals in. We're gonna get one. We're gonna get one. That's all we need. <laughs> that's all we. We only need one. We almost had it last year, but it just didn't pan out. But it this was is the we year. tied after half. We were up one nothing after half. Oh gosh. Yeah. We we only lost three one. Four or five one. No, it was, it was three. No, it was three one. Really? Yeah. Wow. I thought it was more. No, three one. Are you sure you weren't just hungover? No, I didn't party till that night. <laughs> oh, because that was our last game on Saturday. Yeah, it was only three one. That was why it was partially bad because everybody was on the liquor all day. I wasn't. Well, no, but everybody but you. Mm-hmm. Like the other team was mm-hmm. heavy on the mm-hmm. on the swish. Yeah, we only. We've progressively gotten better against that team every year. That's true. That's true. And this is the year that we win. And we're kind of like a bunch of just guys. Just a ragtag group of guys. <laughs> a bunch of milkcasts. We're the, literally the Vegas of the <laughs> Hannah Cowboy tournament. Just a bunch of guys. Like, on a regular team, we wouldn't be that good. But you put us all, like, we get to skate a bit, and then, well, hey, like, we're pretty all right. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Mostly just wasting saves, thing like, we, and yeah, we had, yeah. And we had Preston. He was pretty good for us. Yeah. He was a big pickup. A big pickup at the deadline. Yeah. And that guy works for pierogies. <laughs> He's a huge pierogi guy. <laughs> He's from the pierogi belt of Saskatchewan. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> That's how you get the Sask boys in. You ask my brother. We get my brother. Oh, Bandy. He'll play for pierogies. He will play for pierogies. Oh, that's perfect. We just need to import the pierogies into Hannah now. You got to get those good Saska pierogies from Baba. Bring them in. He, but, you know, we should bring some of that hooch too. We can, get, so we can get some of that. We'll give it to the other team. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, here's a piece. It's like it's like the Trojan horse, like the wooden horse. It's like, <laughs> hey, here's some free liquor. Next oh, thing you know, dear. you can't stand up. Next thing you know. <laughs> you're blind. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you're blind. <laughs> no Fool more hockey. We're winning for sure. <laughs> Perfect. So that's what we're looking to. Since it's winter, we're looking ahead to the I'm winter activities. I'm actually pretty excited for hockey. After that, you are? After that playoff series I played on the weekend, I'm pretty fired up for hockey now. Boy, C is ready. We won in a shootout. We won the ship. Oh, really? Yeah. You were already up a game though, or something. No, we were down. We were we lost oh. the first game Friday. Then the oh. other team forfeited on Saturday. Why did they forfeit? What didn't happened? Didn't have enough players apparently. Oh really? And they thought that they could beat us for sure on Sunday. Oh. And they didn't. You won in a shootout. Four three in a shootout. You won the cup. We won the cup. So that got me. Some, got me fired up for hockey. You make some big saves in the uh, yeah. Made, shootout. made the game winning shoot save in the shootout. Yeah. Did you guys all throw your gear off? And, like, I didn't. Freak but out? those other guys. Some of the, there's a guy who's been playing that league for like ten years and hasn't won it. And this oh, is his really? first time. Yeah. So he was pumped. Yeah, it was pretty huge for those guys. Did you guys have to like carry him out? Did you have to stretch him <laughs> out to, the, to his car after? No, or? no, that wasn't Griff. We weren't his <laughs> Griff level. <laughs> That's who we need for the cowboy tournament. Is Griff? We don't even know if he plays <laughs> hockey, but we want to bring him. <laughs> Just for a good time. Him and Monty can come down and coach. I I do think we should bring Griff and Monty down to the Cowboy oh, Tournament. For sure. That'd that be could be good. Be heck of a time. Holy. Oh, okay. Team Canada report. <laughs> yeah. I got to get to work. Okay, he does. <laughs> We're, this is our morning podcast. It's almost 10 a.m. We're getting a lot done for, uh, good. Morning. for a Tuesday. Morning pod. Okay, the bareback riding. Or right, let's just kick it off right here. Seven Canadians inside the top 15. Ba-bam. 
in the PRCA World Standings this week. That's huge. Kind of a big deal. Let's we're up one this week. Tanner Milan won over uh, over ten grand. He won fifty three hundred in San Juan Capistrano, San Juan. California, and he won another. I want to say sixty five hundred in uh, in uh, Kennewick, Washington. So big week for him. He's up to number thirteen in the Bulldog and number thirteen spot. He's on the inside. Kyler wins sixteenth. He's got sixty thousand one. So it's tight there at the bottom, but he's on the right side of it. Scott Ginsler is a top-ranked Canadian in any event. He's got uh, 85000 one on the year so far. Curtis Cassie, number three in the Bulldog, and $83,000 one. Oren Larson picked up a big check in San Juan, and I think he did good in Kennewick, too. He's number five in the bareback crowd, and he's only only 70000 behind number one, Tim O'Connell. But that guy usually has about $100,000 lead going in. So, also on the inside are Zeke Thurston. He's fifth in the Bronc ride, and he's got 101000 one on the year. Nice. Jacobs Crowley's leading that race, 134. So it's tight. It's Zeke's got a chance. He's only about a round and a half behind. Clay mm-hmm. Elliott, number eight in the Bronco, 98,001 on the year. He's in it too. And Carmen Pazabon is number ten in the barrel racing, the WPRA Bam. World Standings. She's inside by, ooh, what's it say, thirteen thousand right now. So sixteenth is uh, fourteen, fifteen thousand behind her. So she's looking pretty good. It ain't over yet, but. Uh, we're in the last month of the season. That's crazy. So, yeah. Last month. So also close by, though, are a couple more bareback riders. Clint Lay is 16th, and he's outside by just under five grand. Why didn't he's holding down that last spot? Clint's 16th. Ty Tippett's 19th, but he's another 9,000 behind Clint. He's been so, coming in hot. Yeah. He had that big win in, uh, I want to say, Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, looking pretty good. We got Canada. Pretty solid seven there. Could be eight, depending eight. on Clint. Maybe nine if uh, Ty hits a big here between Ellensburg, Puyallup, um, Hannah Armstrong, Brooks, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we see a good uh, list of Canadians at the finals again. We'll we'll go over to the PBR side. The of PBA. Things. We got Dakota. I can't believe it's not Butter still holding up the thirteenth spot. And then Tanner. Made some moves after Nashville, the 20. Yeah, back in the place top 20. Finish. Yeah. He's 20th, awesome. Good right? for him. Yeah, right on the nose, 20. And then we still got Lonnie West holding down at 28. And then Brock Radford still hanging on to the top 30. What about 30, Cover Chuck? Cover Chuck's 45, so he's not far 45. out. 45. He's not far out. And he's only 50 points back of Brock for number one in Canada. Canada. And this weekend, we're going back to where we got two events, Stavely. basically. The Glen Keeley Memorial is on Saturday night, the 1st of September. And. The fourth edition of the celebration for the Two Bit Nations on September sixth, big events. McGrath, Alberta. So, a couple more PBRs, then we will get back to the Monster Energy Tour here, I guess, uh, in October. The MET. MET, and then we'll go to the finals. November, it's going to be the awesome. finals. Going we're going to go fast. to Yorkton too, eh? That's going to be nice. Yorktown, it's going to be sweet, oh, sweet, yeah. sweet bull riding. That's, I'm excited for you guys in that one. It's They'll have a sweet event there. That'll be uh, that'll be it for episode twenty. Thanks to Curtis Glencross for being on the show. My buddy Wacy Anderson. Basement troll. <laughs> Catch you next time. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy.